you are listening to OWC Radio, episode number 61, the end of the world episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the OWC Radio Podcast, this is episode number 61. I'm your host, OWC Grant, and around the table are the usual suspects. All right, um, first order of business or news, um, really the biggest news, that, and if you don't know about this, you really should. The tsunamis in Thailand are causing drive shortages. It's not if or when, it's now. So um, there's been a heavier-than-normal rainy season. It's caused flooding across Thailand. Western Digital has two plants there, both of which are underwater, and they comprise about 60%, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember my facts correctly. Yeah, about 60% of uh, uh, Western Digital's uh, total production of hard drives. Um, So that means there's going to be 32,400,000 fewer drives on the market in the fourth quarter alone. Uh, compounding that is not just because Western Digital. This really affects every drive manufacturer. There's a little-known company that you probably never heard of called NIDEC. Uh, they're also underwater, and they are the primary dri- the motor manufacturer for all hard drives. So all of this is adding up to a shortage, and the questions for the group are, how long is this going to last? What can we do to avoid this in the future, and what should we do now? Well, one point I want to point out is people think of flooding. Go, okay, it flooded, so now it's receding. It's still flooding. Hmm. The subways there are starting to get threatened, so they're still oh, flooding. Oh, it's expanding. Okay. It's flooding. It's not flooded. Okay. So that, that actually makes it worse. So it's even more underwater. Yeah. Um, how long is it going to last? I'm not seeing anything. We're not getting out of this till way, maybe I'll say mid-next uh, year, so mid-2012. It's the rumor, six to eight months. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it's really... Uh, as far as you know, how, what can we do to avoid it? It's pretty much our own damn fault. I mean, we put all our eggs in one basket of you know one supplier for these motors. Okay, they just got wiped out by uh, tsunamis. Now what? You know, we have you know, it, it, it's stupid, really, as far as I can am concerned. Well, I I was looking at the uh, topics for today's conversation. I said this is time for a grant rant. And my rant today is going to be about why the hell is the U.S. government not bailing out the technology industry? And what I mean by that is, is okay, we've saved Wall Street, we've saved the automotive industry. Isn't it about time to invest in the technology sector, which is one of two sectors that's actually doing anything for our economy, technology and healthcare? So why aren't we trying to create some sort of economic stimulus packages for technology companies, so we'd actually create something here. You know, I mean, yes, we may we manufacture as much as we possibly can OWC in the U.S., but we're still, you know, reliant upon like most other people are, uh, uh, you know, outside U.S. manufacturing. We need to have a drive manufacturer facility uh, in this country. We need to have the motors manufactured in this country, so that again. If, if there's a worldwide disruption because of, you know, quote-unquote, an act of God, which flooding is, um, or, you know, I, I don't know if these plants were located in a floodplain. I don't believe they were. I haven't read anything like that. But, you know, the government needs to wake up, and someone's going to probably say, oh, okay, the government's supposed to solve all the problems. No, I just think that someone smart or some group that has reasonable intelligence needs to well, look at the government. 
Well, there you go. <laughs> well, I'll go off on a little bit on tangent for you because you don't need a stimulus package. You need a lack. You need less regulation. Okay. So the government doesn't need to stimulate, stimulate technology. It's one of the few sectors that is recession proof right now. True. So you don't add money from the government, which who cares? They can even the government can't even touch the money that's coming out of technology. Okay, what but they can do is give like tax incentives and breaks from overseas that, that's, money. That's what I mean. It's not a stimulus, but it's deregulation or a tax break or incentive to incentives. bring that money back here. But as far as drive manufacturing, this just comes down to simple math. It's cost. It's cheaper to build over there. Labor's labor's uh, expensive and technology's cheap. You go where the labor's cheaper, and that's where it's going to get built. And it's just going to work itself around the world as, as other co countries get propped up and become more economically developed. So you, while you still have these third world countries that, you know, okay, you got children in factories maybe, but what's their other opportunity there? They can go to prostitution, they can just have no job and be desolate, or they can go to these things and work. So it's a different lifestyle over there altogether, and the cost is just completely different than what, they'd, what you'd have here. You can build them here, but you've got to pay five more times the price for your drive. Well, um, everything you say is true, but when you look at the record numbers of unemployment, I would have to think that there are some people that, you know, um, facing... I'm not saying our workers don't want to do this. Zero dollars. It would be nice if there was a way to get right. that to work. I, I, I hear you, because, as, you know, like what we've found in um, China, for instance, it used to be the factories were all in the city, and they'd bring all the people in from the country, and then mm -hmm. they'd have, you know... Um, dormitories and everything else, and on holiday, the workers are going home, but there's such an upscaling of education and class in China going on, on right East now. On China's East Coast. Yeah. On that, their that West, they still live the same way. They're having a hell of a time finding workers now. Well, yeah, what, China, what China's doing now is they're outsourcing to themselves. Yes. now they're going to take the factories and move them to the West side of the nation. Correct. Where, they, where people still live like they did 2,000 years ago, and then now you've got cheap labor again within China. So it, And once their labor force you know, becomes more elevated and pricey, then some, you have to shop somewhere else where labor is cheaper. Right. But I think eventually it's going to catch up and mm -hmm. to where you know, the, the world economy is, is going to be relatively flat. Now, you know, is that going to be 10 years, 20 years, 50? I don't know. But I'm just 200. saying that, you know... Um, <laughs> I would err on the side of 200. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I suppose. There's a, there's a lot of world to cover. It's, just, it's very frustrating, though, to feel like our technology industry, um, which is a shining star for our economy is pretty much handcuffed. You know, it, we, we can't do anything about it. And, it's, and you know, that's the last question. Well, is, I mean, you know, what should we do right now? Well, um, I mean, that's really up to also Western Digital and the other, and the other uh, drive manufacturers. I mean, now you've got, what, three to four drive manufacturers before you had eight major drive manufacturers. So, I mean, they're consolidating and they're putting their area, their, all their stuff into one basket, all their eggs in one basket. So that's kind of their decision to do that. It's like when the, when the Japanese quake hit, and there are rare there are rare materials for batteries, and there's a battery shortage after that because that was the only place to have those materials. Heck, there are even uh, chemical coatings like paint that you couldn't get anymore. That's true. Just because that's where that stuff was, and the, you know you don't usually predict that a nation's going to be that bad or have that much issues going forward, but it just happened. And I mean, it's kind of like when uh, New Orleans happened. You know, the the hurricane hit there. Everyone expected like we should be on the edge of every state and have this massive recovery group go in there. It's like, do you know how much that would cost just preventatively? You would lose your money, and you'd be out of a country in, like, a year. But that was, I mean, I, well, we can go into it's, the it's debate disaster of Orleans, relief. that it was, it, yeah. was, it was destined to happen anyway, but... Well, no, there's, there's different steps. I'm just saying that you can't always allow for the fact that something's going to not be there or have a disaster hit, so they just didn't see it. Mm -hmm. And so now that they've seen it, they go, okay, that exposes something, so hopefully they'll 
separate it out a little more, or, you know, mm. balance it off a little more. So hopefully they'll all learn from this going, we can't have this happen again. We didn't see this occur. Here's what we can do different. Learn from the accident. Kind of like that scene in contact where it's like why build one when you can build two for the same price and it's next time <laughs> well, guys movies. build 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 the hard drive site in another location that's never flooded in since you know record have been kept you know so um the other thing that yeah but yeah. then an earthquake happens i mean you can't allow for just natural you know some you you can kind of predict natural disasters a bit but you well, just never know how just, tragic they can just be. take your best shot and let try and you know disaster proof it as much as possible so okay. the, what should we do now, though? Um, I'm looking over at OWC Chris because he wrote a really cool blog post, and there really are some steps you can take. Yeah, uh, the, the, the big one is you go through your uh, closets, your uh, basement, your storage units, whatever. Find the old hard drives that are in your older machines, and you can use that to either offload some of these files on your main hard drive, such as uh, right off the top of my head, just older projects that you, you're done with and just want to hold on to, you can either put them on those hard, those hard drives or you can burn them to external media, something along those lines. I know we sell a, a couple different ways of attaching them. You can either, if you've got a SATA drive, be it 2.5-inch or 3.5-inch, you can dump it into a NewerTech Voyager. So <laughs> you wanted to call it the toaster, didn't you? No, I wasn't. Actually, no, I wasn't calling the toaster. I was, I was calling it one of our other names that we ah, joked about it earlier. Okay. Or, or if you if you so happen to have one of the IDE ATA drives, you can uh, use uh, our USB uh, universal drive adapter, which is really nice. It's I wish I had one, but no. Um, for example, in my uh, storage area, my where I keep all my computer bits and pieces, I've got at least. Uh, you know, four or five old right. hard drives. Why are old. your computers in bits and pieces? I took them apart. Okay. So you have at least four or five hard drives hanging around? Yeah, just hanging around the house and a couple. Uh, well, and that's that's the thing is, is we were doing yeah, some. Yeah, 80 gig some, is 80 gig. Yeah, it's only an 80 gig right. hard drive, but 80 gig is 80 gig, and that'll hold, you know, most people's, not everybody's. Well, Chris isn't uh, an anomaly. Um, <laughs> boy, that's a softball served up. But um, <laughs> we did some research, and... You know, there's about 80 million, we, we approximate about 80 million unused drives sitting out there in, in a machine that's been, you know, put in the basement because no one knows where to recycle it. I think OWC uh, Michael uh, has uh, a bunch of machines like that. There's one, you know, some that maybe, you know, the video card went and they, you know, they just haven't gotten around to fixing it. But there's about 80 million hard drives just sitting there. And so this is, you know, listeners, the answer to the crisis. You probably already have what you want and it's sitting in your house and all you need is one of these devices, as OWC Chris has said, starting at $29. Because, you know, you can say, well, but so what? I'm still going to... Are, are there any hard drives available? Yes and no. Uh, as inventories are shrinking, certain sizes, like your 3 terabytes and your 2 terabytes, are becoming very scarce. They will not be available by the end of the year. And I'm going to say that again, not available. Then you have to look at the price. Yeah, Already, the prices have gone up. up 40, 50 percent in two weeks, and we don't know where the ceiling is going to be on this. Now, yes, we are not going to price gouge you. We're going to price our drives competitively, but we do have to price it based on prevailing market conditions. So, you know, in addition to the USB UDA, as we call it, and the Voyager, you can also get one of our enclosure kits. So, like, you know, the Mercury Elite. 
the Mercury Elite Mini. There, there's a variety of different enclosures that you can, you know, if you want the drive to, you know, be inside something, you can retask it in an enclosure. So now you have a new external drive. And now you can do something like uh, an article I wrote, what, two, three years ago about uh, just relocating your music library. Mm. You know, okay, yeah, that 80 gig hard drive that you have might not hold, you know, your entire OS with all your stuff, and but it certainly hold most people's, most people's, not including you know some people in this room that I'm not gonna look at, uh, hold most of their uh, music libraries. Um, so hey, throw it on that external drive, throw it on on the go or I mean, in the Express. Key, the key is too, like if as far if you go too far back, your drives are gonna be smaller. They're gonna be yeah. 60, 120. I mean, you could still get. You can still get drives from us for a good price. So, I mean, if you want to get a drive, they're available. So you can get a one-terabyte drive. The other thing, too, is, you know, is like we've preached with uh, SSDs. You can make that small drive your boot and upload drive, and now you've mm-hmm. freed up your internal drive or, uh, you know, whatever it may be yeah, just for just the home storage. Folder. So, you know, 60, 80, you know, hey, it's all good storage. And, you know, since I mentioned SSDs, you know, this also applies to notebook uh, users, so, you know, MacBook, MacBook Pro. Um, the other option for you besides some of this is you can do the data doubler. And so you keep your internal hard drive and then add an SSD in the optical drive or at the optical bay via yeah. the data doubler and then move your, your OS and your apps onto the SSD. You've just freed up space. It's basically like finding free hard drive space. So that's what we're trying to tell you yeah, here. You're is not is utilizing that, it. Might as well grab yeah. it on board and store it next to you with like a storage drive from NeuroTech or something like that. But, uh, I mean, you can still buy drives. That's the point. If you're going to buy a drive, you should probably consider doing it within the next month or now (laughs) before the prices go even higher because the prices are not going to go lower. Right. So you can go act now and get in there. Well, and the other nice thing is to see when you look at the price comparison, now not gigabyte-wise because you're still not going to be able to get, you know, a three-terabyte SSD. Um, And even if you were to get a variety of them and try and rate them together or whatever, it still would be way too cost-prohibitive. But... Single drive versus single drive. Now that spread for cost per gigabyte between a hard drive and an SSD really is starting to get closer to one another. So now you really do have to start thinking about, is this the time now to maybe make that migration to an SSD? So bottom line, there's a lot of options to both the price increase and the scarcity of the drives. Uh, yeah, if you in find- all honesty, if you're going to wait for drives to come back down in price, we'll see you next fall. Yeah. 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 Well said. Have a question about something discussed or looking for the links referenced in this episode? Visit the OWC blog at blog.maxsales.com for the links or to leave a public comment. Shocking news. Apple is canceling the Mac Pro. All right. Sources are saying that <laughs> Apple like Batman. <laughs> I know. I was trying is to. Is the Joker like, going to rob the city? <laughs> well, I think, I mean, canceling the Mac Pro, there's going to be some people that are going to be like, if they weren't listening very attentively, they're going to be now. Because, I mean, yeah. that's like, I mean, around our hallways, when you say Apple's canceling the Mac Pro, people are like, what? Ex- expletive deleted. Yeah, yeah, expletive I mean, deleted. Yeah. I mean, how dare expletive deleted Apple yeah. think of that? And, and well, because and, when I heard this, I'm like, what? No. Why? That doesn't make any damn sense. Yes, it does. Okay, well, let me get some of the facts out. And get we, your get factoids you, yeah. out there, and then we so, can opine. So uh, Apple management's been mulling over the future of the Mac Pro since May. Rumored. And 
they agree that the days for the Mac Pro are numbered, at least in its current form. I'll just rumored. Uh, <laughs> sales have plummeted for high, the high-end workstation in both the consumer and enterprise markets. And the Thunderbolt connector port really makes it easy for Apple's other products to take on many of the tasks once limited or really truly oriented for just the Mac Pro. Audio so, eye roll. You know, <laughs> is it possible that they're going to try and beef up the Mini <laughs> and no. uh, iMac to maybe. try and... Uh, <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. I'll get my quick one-liners in there. Well, there, I've, I've tried to set the table for you. And, uh, Wrong! Next question! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, are, is this another you know, move to watering down Apple's products to more consumerization, and can Thunderbolt really handle... Uh, this in a different platform than Mac Pro? It's it's not really Thunderbolt. I mean, Thunderbolt's part of the equation because you're going to get a lot of the extra storage. So I don't know. Have you been reading the blog? There's a certain subset that think Thunderbolt is the second coming of Jesus. Well, I mean, it's not. <laughs> oh, my God, it's Thunderbolt. It does this and this and cures children and... There, there's, some, there's a lot of things that can do. A lot of library of content? There's a lot of things it can do, yes. What, 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 what cartoon or whatever was that voice from? Because I've tried to That's channel That's just Chris's that own man. personal cartoon. Oh, okay. It's a walking cartoon. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, you'd think that it was, you know, the greatest thing ever. I'm sorry. No, it's another way of connecting something. Is it has it a lot of promise because it can be really fast. It has potential, but yeah, it, 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 it's... It's not it's, just Thunderbolt. The main, the main point, though, is... Uh, I'll always say this because even as far back as 03, a lot of my work was done in real time with the computers back then. How much faster do people go than real time? Now, storage is a whole other thing. That's where Thunderbolt fixes that part of the equation where you can just chain them all together. So external drive manufacturers should be happier than mm-hmm. a pig and you know what because, hey, people are going to be buying externals and not only just normal externals, these raid monstrosity externals that do all this extra work and are really cool and all that. So that fixes the storage issue because mainly for Mac Pro, that's the main thing you get besides the massive processing speed that you really don't use everything of. There will be certain people that do use all that applica- all that processing power. I do. <laughs> I bet you don't. Oh, I don't I know. want you to view your virtual cores when you're doing it and see them all at 20%. Uh, when, I, well, when I'm actually uh, rendering out the movies and stuff, right. I've pegged them. All 12 cores pegged? Yes. That's good. Yes. The Remember that codec that we were using? What are you doing wrong? <laughs> no, it's, it's not doing anything wrong. It's just I, I, Apple's I, king in multi-symmetric processing. I, I, That's why I, Intel I wanted them out. to team with Apple because Apple had the IP on it from when they made multi-symmetric processing with Motorola. Mm. So it's whoever needs that power. Now, will you see an iMac with uh, 6 or 12 cores in it? I bet you will. But you're about a year and a half, two years away from that. So I bet you mm-hmm. Apple is having this conversation, but this conversation is you're seeing two years down the road roadmap. Okay, because they're looking for, so what I'm hearing you say, and I kind of visualize it, is they're looking for a platform, almost like a car manufacturer, where they're going to be able to offer both a low-end model as well as a high-end model because really they're looking at the Mac Pro as that specialty division or line that they have to devote a lot of time and money and resources to that doesn't make sense anymore if they can incorporate that into or an existing platform. Imagine, if you will, like if everyone wants to go laptop and do not want the iMac anymore, because iMac sales could eventually plummet too. Right now they're pretty high. But you, those could plummet too, and if it goes laptop, you go, okay, here's a laptop you have to plug in if you want to use the extra set of dual cores that are on there. So you give a 12-core laptop. So they know the roadmap with Intel, and they can see where the speeds are going and how real-time they can go. If you're willing to buy a three thousand dollar laptop, you don't need a Mac Pro. You just hook everything up through Thunderbolt for your storage. But you need the processing speed can or cannot be replaceable. So you'll have certain people who want to use a desktop for that. But and I'm also concerned about expandability. Right, cards. Cards. 
you know, straight up, I need at least three monitors. I use three monitors at work, and I use every single one of them mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. And Thunderbolt know. supports two, right. two to three. Right. Two to That's three. That's what I was just going to say. I'm like, okay, there's your card question answered. Right. So Except I'm for how do I upgrade that card to a better card? Right. You get a new computer. That's not very cost effective. No. But they're not, they're if, not worrying if about you're that. Not, they don't care about that, If you're that, using obviously. your computer that cutting edge, you're mm-hmm. going to buy a new compu- Mac Pro anyway because the new processing speed is going to help you save time. So you're going to buy a new card, and then that might get your Mac Pro to work for six more months, and then you're going to buy a new Mac Pro. Video capture cards. Um, mm-hmm. Right, you like, got all those I've, cards. I've got, I've got that Blackmagic card that I'm that we use. I've uh, got, you know, some people use the full-on audio interface cards, uh, mini SAS cards. I mean, what's to say you don't go back to um, kind of like the old power PC? You still got the motherboard and a couple card bays because I bet you people aren't using one or two cards. You got your people are using five or six, but I, okay, Apple's mm-hmm. not going to build an entire product line for you three people out there. Now, I would like to see a mid-range tower. Yeah, everybody would like to see a mid-range tower. We've been asking for a mid-range tower for years. Because yeah, that's one of my points on sales upon a Mac Pro. It's like, no <laughs> no kidding. It's like $3,000 to get one now. Yeah, now you... you you know, the low end is like two grand you, on refurb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you cut that. Now you cut that down. Maybe have uh, instead of you know what four PCIe slots. I mm-hmm. think it is in there. Two, maybe three. I can see that. Because essentially, all you're getting extra is those slots and the four and the four, and four drive, drive bays, bays and the optical base. Uh, yeah, optical and a dual optical. Base. You're getting a lot more optical bays that could be fixed through externals. Right, which are easily upgradable. You yeah, just plug them and, and external on an optical bay. Considering how much, how often most people use an optical drive, is, one wonders makes, though. Because I'm, I'm hearing you guys talk about this, and I keep thinking about what they've done with the iMac lately, and especially with the extra SATA port that we found on the motherboard, and we were first to announce, and mm-hmm. then with our turnkey program, we we're able to add uh, double, three double. drives internally. And I'm just well, thinking and Apple does provide an upgrade option for two drives. I wonder if they're slowly but surely working on this to get it out in the marketplace, and at least have a you know an expansion card in an iMac. Well, the iMac does need to be user upgradable. It's pretty sad that I mean I won't even recommend an iMac anymore because uh, laptops are easier to service and upgrade. Yeah, are you kidding? Yeah, it, <laughs> it should never be. The case. I don't know. Uh, the hard drive is a lot easier. Oh yeah, RAM's a lot easier. You don't have to tilt the whole darn iMac over. Don't have to you know, set it on its face. <laughs> yeah. Well, with a laptop, you have to flip it over. But yeah, that's the, a lot, the still only a lot problem with laptops with for a family is dropsies. An iMac is most likely not going to get the dropsy issue. What, you don't carry your iMac from room to room? <laughs> Back in the 80s, it would have been considered a portable, but not now. Well, I guess uh, only the future will tell on this, then. And we'll see what they're going to do. Yep. Learn about all the latest products by joining our thousands of fans on Facebook at www. Dot facebook.com forward slash OWC Max Sales. Well, Apple may be take a, take a thing, I can't even say it, taketh away from those, but Apple is also giving, perhaps, or at least hackers are, and this is kind of cool that they've actually gotten Siri to run on the touch. And iPhone 4. Yes. So I'm uh, actually. I've also heard that they had it sort of running on an iPad. Well, it should run on an iPad, no problem. Theoretically, yeah. But I'm kind of I'm kind of jacked about that. I want to figure out how to do that with my touch because I just have a ball with Siri. So, and we're going to leave that one alone. Well, I called <laughs> shenanigans last episode. So, ha, shenanigans. What do you mean shenanigans? Apple could totally release Siri on anything that uh, has the processor speed to support it, like iPhone four, 
hmm. iPad 2. You could probably get the iPad 1 to originally do it. It's on, and it all comes down to microphone. The only reason the touch doesn't work is because the microphone is a little weak. Right. So Apple's holding a software piece, which they usually don't do. They usually always upgrade their software so everybody that can use it, use it, and make their machines run better or have new capabilities like they do with their OSs. They're holding Siri as a software piece as a reason to buy the 4S. Well, yeah. They're also claiming Siri is beta. Yeah. Now, once Siri comes out of its quote-unquote beta stage, it may go uh, to all of them. In, and they won't in do it in a couple of months. Update. Apple learned that lesson. Yeah. Because but, we got all those people who went out yep. and bought a 4S, well, traded in their but, 4 so they could get Siri, and they didn't need to trade it in yeah, to and, get and it. And once, once everybody had... You know, once you have Siri on all the iPhones, and what does the 4S become except for you know maybe an iPhone 4 with a better camera? Better camera. It and is a faster processor. Faster processor. It's revamped, so it's a yeah. lot faster. But, yeah, it's a 4S. It's a mm-hmm. modified. Yeah, I, I, I look at it that, you know, you're looking at at least six months, but probably longer before Siri becomes widespread adopted because they, they've learned their lessons in the past. They're not going to... Yeah, everybody's going to be like, I traded in or did whatever, upgraded early because you came out with this and I wanted it. Right. And... Like you could have made it available, so I mean, Apple is doing something they usually don't do, and that's hold software for hardware. Yep. And so in a way, though, that's you know, it's probably not a bad idea that they're <laughs> limiting it in a way. Because didn't Siri just recently go down? Because it, 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 I think it uh, went down uh, was last week or so. Yeah, it was out for a little while for a yeah, few it, hours. It went down for a lot of people, and well, like, it went down for everybody. Yeah, because it's a uh, you know, well, no, some server. people were able to get to it. it some people slow. were it was just really slow. Some people couldn't get it at all. See, I'd love they built in a default. It's like not right now. <laughs> <laughs> you just be full of tude. I, not now. I'm busy. I'm, I'm rather I'm busy. <laughs> Try again later. I'm sorry, Dave, but I can't do that. <laughs> that that's what I'd like to hear. But yeah. Yeah. so I mean, I th- I think. I think it's a marketing ploy to sell iPhone 4s's. I agree. Siri. So I, agree. I, I caught that at the beginning because something didn't smell correct. You know, it didn't pass the smell test. So I was like, nope, nope, something's wrong here. So call shenanigans. It might not be able to go all the way back to the 3GS like I thought, but I knew definitely be fine on the 4. And uh, jailbreakers proved that it did. So curses Apple. <laughs> Looking for the best deals on all your computer accessory needs? Join our mailing list and receive special offers created just for OWC subscribers at www.maxsales.com forward slash deals. Apple needed any more support from a, a respected source, Forrester Research reverses its stance on Macs in the workplace. And what they're saying now is that they're encouraging companies to take decisive action, quote-unquote, and support Mac use in the corporate world. Um, Macs are being used more on the enterprise uh, side of things, although 41% of firms polled said they don't officially allow Mac use. And that's kind of an interesting phrase. They officially don't allow it. So because they're IT people are idiots. Well, yeah. They're Thank Microsoft you. toids. Thank you. That's what was in my head, but you said what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, and I want to I want to congratulate Forrester Research for catching up with the normal world five years later. Yeah, well, because uh, in May Apple released some statistics that said that their corporate Mac sales have grown by sixty six percent, and that's a pretty significant turnaround for Apple. Then well, you can thank that to the iDevices. Yeah, well, the yeah, it's, it's the halo. Yeah, that's, that's a total halo effect. Yeah. And I mean, and well, leading into that is that ninety three percent of Fortune five hundred companies are deploying or testing the iPhone, while ninety percent are doing the same for the iPad. So isn't this half the stuff we've been saying for years? And, you know, great, 
corporate IT folks are letting in Macs. You know, they're still afraid. They're they're being their own curmudgeons. Huh. So I mean, this is like anti. Unless it's what I said that you're going to build, I'm never going to build anything different. And it also keeps their own job. Yeah, it is kind of a built-in uh, job security there. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's going to break a lot. That means I have a job. You rotate out your machines, all your machines, a third of them every year, and that way every three years you're fully rotated. And the Mac's a little longer in that tooth. Yeah. yeah, now I'm seeing, okay, great, they're letting Macs in. Can we now finally get some business software that actually lets you get stuff done, you know, and that lets you actually work instead of having to fill out this form and fill out this form? And well, what business software are you talking about? Oh, I don't know, certain uh, task management projects that we've seen around the office even here. Hmm. I mean, a lot of them are just, it's, it's, well, there's a lot it's of all, of, all of bureaucracy that I've seen in, in any of the various uh, business well, I mean, apps. You might be talking about a real specific need that needs a specific piece of software to fix it. In general, though, Max has been able to do a lot of stuff, you know, spreadsheets, all that stuff. Yeah, well, spread, yeah, spreadsheets and word processing and stuff like that. Yeah, we've had yeah. lots of good ones. I mean, a lot of IT departments also have custom, well, not departments, but a lot of companies have custom-made software that only was made for Windows, so they got to deal with that issue as well going forward, you know. So their IT group will obviously be protective of not having a Windows-based machine in there. I, I kind of look at this as a little bit of mea culpa. I mean, uh, Forrester has to come out and say this. I mean, and, and you touched on it with the halo effect, but you know, I've done a lot of uh, reading on this, and there's more and more clients, as they're called, um, for IT departments, meaning the actual employees um, that are demanding this. They, they, they like the iOS uh, experience. They want that on their desktop now, and they're going. Right, they've experienced something better. How come my iPad's more reliable than my PC? Yes, exactly. Right. And and so I think it's 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 a little bit of make up on. Um, and if they want iOS on their desktop, they just get Lion. Oh come on, Lion's on. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but, cheap but, shot. But, but okay, but similar experience. But yeah, that's I what, know. But that's what that's what you know consumers, and then you can you know apply it to the work force is is asking for so well there there is also sense. there's also a shift in IT and corporations now people are, are they're asking that question how come my computer at home is more reliable than my computer here yeah. and then uh, co- companies are starting to go okay what computer would you buy and then okay we're going to give you a choice you can buy this apple or these three apple ones we're going to support or these three PCs we're mm-hmm. going to support you can pick one now and the IT group said support it because what's happening is the executives either bought the MacBook Air, which was really popular among executives, but definitely the iPhones or the iPads, really popular, said, okay, you said I can't use this device. I brought this in here. I told you to make it work. It works perfectly fine, so why can't I use a Mac here? Mm-hmm. Caught you. Make it work. Support it. Get up-to-the-minute information on all the happenings and goings-on at OWC by following our Twitter feeds at MacSales or at OWC Radio. Virus alert! Virus alert! New Trojan horses available! Uh, we got two Trojans found recently, one called Tsunami, the other one called Devil Robber. Tsunami is an IRC bot which can be remotely con- or which can be used to remotely control uh, uh, DDoS attacks, a denial of service attacks, and other nasty little things like controlling and downloading software to your computer and fun crap like that. Uh, then there's another one called Devil Robber, which steals personal information and data. But that's kind of like a second function of it. The main thing it seems to be doing is using the infected computer to generate counterfeit copies of the Bitcoin online currency. I don't have any real word on uh, what tsunami, how tsunami is being distributed, but Devil Robber seems to be coming from 
pirated versions of Graphic Converter. Maybe uh, you shouldn't use pirated software. Hey, there's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> of course, my main question is, what the hell is Bitcoin, and why would somebody go through the trouble of trying to generate them? Because you can trade them in for real-world money. It's awesome. Really? Yeah. I thought it was just play. It's like one Bitcoin's worth like a buck or something, or a buck twenty-five. Okay, or who's wait, wait, using yeah, it? Where do you trade it in at? Yeah, and for that matter, who's Currency using exchange? it? Is it like, is it, is it like some country in Japan? Someone's trading it in for or money. Country in Japan? Yeah, country. I, I thought it was like some East Asian so thing. I could see why they're doing it, because they want to print money. <laughs> hey, wait a second. So currency exchanges are taking no, no, virtual no. money. I was joking about the currency exchange. No, but there's I, places you can go and they'll give you money for the Bitcoin thing. It's like oh, this is God. Giving real world money for virtual money is just hilarious this to is, me. So this it cracks is, me this up. This is bad. This has got bad written all over it. I thought it was like play stuff, like you know, for games and stuff like that. Where like well, people like, would still hack for that, but if you can trade in for real cash too. Oh, you know, I would <laughs> oh, just say man. get a real life. You know, I would like to know what guy in Russia is the, hacking this. Don't because... cure the children. Actually, have some children and experience some life instead of playing these. Games where you're like you're king of the bitcoins, Wait, but you got a lot of poor people out there. They want to get some bitcoins, so they get some real money. Well, come on, we've got people who <laughs> they're working hard on hacking stuff, so people download stuff and get. I some actually bitcoin. knew a guy who was making making at least some sort of spending money by sitting there and mining gold in World of Warcraft. Right. Like, you trade in for something. Yeah, well, I suppose you could trade it in for a well, gold. No, friend, you could sell you could sell your items from World of Warcraft yeah. on online forums. Uh, online and cinema. I built up the leather eBay jacket or something. You know, about, like, the, wow, about the about okay. the about the only more worthless thing would be copying books and creating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not copying them; it's just transferring them to digital format. For you listeners that haven't been with us for a while, you'd have to go back to a few episodes to see how Chris actually copies and makes digital copies of paper books. By manually typing them into his computer. Yes. <laughs> well, that's just so that they're formatted correctly. <laughs> you know that is copyright infringement. But okay. All right, so on these, on these <laughs> no, viruses... No, because I own the copies of the books. It's for self-use only. Right? Self-use yeah, only. Right. Okay, so Devil Robber, you're you're using a um, something, uh, uh, an illegal version of graphics converter. But um, how are they getting tsunami? Do we know? Uh, no, the, I I don't even know if necessarily it's maybe uh, it's those click here emails you're not supposed to click here. Yeah, all that too. <laughs> uh, no, I think right now those are I think what they've actually gotten from those were uh, pre-release copies, as it were. Mm, okay, you know. It, they kind of found them in the wild, but they they weren't really active yet. So this goes back to normal security stuff, though. You should. You shouldn't be running as an admin on your computer, and that way anything that tries to install on your computer is going to say, hey, in, we need your u- admin username and password. And you might know then that you've clicked something you shouldn't have clicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my biggest then, advice is, don't hey, do don't BitTorrent uh, commercial software. Or music. Or, or music. Or... That was one of Steve Jobs back when iTunes first came out. It was like, well, who knows what the heck's on there? There are viruses on there. there mm-hmm. There's ho- horses on there. You know, if you're going to get software, go to a trusted source like either the Mac App Store, which I can't believe I just had actually recommended, or uh, <laughs> go to a place like Mac Update or uh, one of those uh, trusted shareware sites that actually have those. And then, oh, I don't know, pay for the license. Buy your software. <laughs> Stay up to date between podcasts on all the latest news by visiting the OWC blog at blog.maxsales.com. Internet Explorers dropped below 50% of web usage, and it's the first time that it's happened in more than a decade. Um, it still retains a majority of desktop, desktop browser market share, though, at 52.63%. 
What's really benefiting by though this is Chrome. It's really starting to grow, um, which is a good browser. Yes, it is. It's a, yeah, it's 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 nice. It's a little Spartan, but uh, it's fast. It, it, it it's well, fast. To me, it's like Firefox. I just I, I just want a browser to be fast and reliable. Now here's where Mike's going to go <laughs> Don't off. Use Firefox. Yeah. Use the Fire and, and the ability to open five thousand tabs yes. in one window. Yes. But you know Firefox how I like. You know that. how I like to work. Yeah. Firefox so. slows down over time, so it becomes a ram hung over time, so you should switch over to Chrome or Safari. I suppose. But um, Or Opera. Oh, and uh, <laughs> I don't think we commented on our last podcast. Safari has been fixed since our issues we uh, exposed about three podcasts ago. Hmm. So Safari does work perfect now with all the latest updates, so feel free to... That's recommended again for browsing from... From us. No. Oh, yeah, about damn time. <laughs> will, we, will we ever escape Internet Explorer? Will it ever go away? I, you know, I used to love Internet Explorer back in the day. Because I, I, you know, I started on Netscape too. Yep. So that was pre-Internet Explorer days when Internet Explorer one yeah, and two when, existed. When you, when you were comparing it to the original Netscape and uh, well, the, the, Netscape that, that, three and IE three both competed very well. It was the, Netscape four that started to get yeah, slow. Yeah, and I remember IE five being actually pretty nice yeah. on Mac, which I think was the last Mac version. Right, and I was a PC person back then, so IE five was great. So. I mean, being an IE person, I don't think it's an evil browser. I just think Microsoft needs to close their holes. So they have a lot of holes in their OS and a lot of holes in their browser, and they allow a lot of cross-talking. And uh, they've had a good decade to do it and have chosen not to. So that's on them. But uh, the other little bit of news is that the uh, in the mobile market, IE is non-existent. That's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, you got <laughs> but the Windows uh, little phone thing is pretty cool. I gotta admit that the OS is pretty cool. Hmm, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean they're using Tile, so at least my, I'm giving Microsoft props on that because at least they didn't try like Android just to full out copy the iPhone. They said, "Well, mm-hmm. let's make our own type of interface and see how we can do it." Tiles look interesting. Nice. I wish they had foregone the Fisher Price colors, but right. I mean, from anybody that has it, they do like how mm-hmm. it works and whatever. But I mean, they're a very small minority. And uh, it might be interesting to people out there with you hear all the Android phones that are, that are out there and outnumbering the iPhone, but the Safari is uh, up 6.58 points last month. Safari too. Mobile. Safari Mobile to 62% per, uh, versus 13% for uh, Android browsers. Hmm. And that's just because Android browsers are so fragmented, they all don't work the same. So whereas Mobile Safari, you do have a similar experience across all. It's pretty darn reliable. And it's pretty uh, nice zoom in, zoom out, readability, all that. And actually, there's just one little tiny other thing that I noticed in this article is that Opera has 1.56%. I didn't know that many people were using Opera. I mean, really, who the heck uses this browser? Have you tried using Opera? The type of people that go, well, I don't use any of your web browsers. I use Opera. It, it, Those type of people. Opera seems to me like the bastard love child of Netscape uh, Communicator, you know, the one that had everything in it, and uh, a brain-damaged ox. It's just really that bad. I just call Opera the one that Google Chrome beat, and then now Google Chrome is starting to tread mm-hmm. on Firefox a bit, so... You know what? If anybody out there listening actually uses Opera on a daily basis, please email us at podcast at maxsales.com and tell us exactly what's decent about this browser, please. This is that time of the show where we talk about new products, and we have a um, pretty cool one, actually. It's called the Newer Technology Newscribe. It's a two-in-one uh, input device, and what I mean by that is, is you can use it for your touch-sensitive devices, as well as it has a precision uh, pen on the other end. So, really, whether you want to go digital and uh, 
you know, swipe, tap, uh, even turn pages in, uh, you know, the iBooks app, or you want to write out a check, um, this device will do it. It comes in sleek silver and pretty in pink. So whether you're a guy or a gal, we have the two-in-one new scribe. You I can't you. get a pink one. You can get a pink one All if right, you want. I'll get a pink but. one. Been listening for a while and like what you hear? Let us know by taking a moment to rate or leave a comment on the OWC Radio channel on iTunes. A big asteroid is crossing the Earth-Moon orbit on Tuesday. It is codenamed. Well, I don't know if it's codenamed. NASA calls it codenamed. The... Does it know it has a codename? I'm codenamed. <laughs> I'm codenamed Secret Agent One One Five Two Eight. Well, it's it's called the Two Thousand Five YU Fifty Five. Just call it a big honking rock. I mean, you know, be a little more creative. The, well, that's the big one. It's there's, the size of an aircraft carrier. For God's sakes, it's the Two Thousand Five YU Five Five. Well, the size of an well, American yeah, aircraft as a, carrier. As no. opposed Lighten up, <laughs> a U- Francis. A U.S. aircraft carrier. But it's carrier. also as opposed to the five billion other pieces of rock floating out there. So This is... Like the, the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Supposedly, this is the largest and biggest asteroid that is coming close to our orbit in three decades. So that's That we know of. That we know That we know about. <laughs> that, that, that we makes knew, it even scarier. That, that we knew that was coming. Yeah. Don't tell them because they're just going to run in the streets. Well, <laughs> well, NASA is going to track the big honking rock. I'm not, I'm not calling it by its name. That's just ridiculous. 2005 YU55? Yeah. From a car model. Yes. <laughs> the 2005 a bad car model like the Yugo 55, you know. <laughs> so they're they're tracking this from the Deep Space Network at Goldstone, California. Now there's we cover a lot of things NASA, but I've never heard of this Deep Space Network. The DSN and GC? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it'll provide radar <laughs> observations from the Arecibo Planetary Radar Facility in Puerto Rico. So, also known from the uh, as the place where you get all the SETI information. <laughs> well, probably. Um, amateur. The cool thing is, is amateur astronomers. Um, it's it's actually happening today. We're recording on November eighth, um, but this event is actually happening at six twenty eight Eastern Time today, where you should be able to see it. So if any of you listeners actually, um, they're saying that you need at least a six-inch telescope in order to observe it. If any of you uh, see it, take a photograph, um, whatever, let us know at podcast at maxsales.com. Because as you know, we're into all things space and NASA related, and uh, we're kind of finding this kind of cool. Actually, what I also find kind of cool is just the, the vague description is kind of like the beginning of Thunder the Barbarian. Okay, now that needs a... De- Thunder the Barbarian was yeah. a cartoon in the early 80s, and the, the basic premise was in uh, 1994, in the far-off time of 1994, uh, a runaway planet comes between the, the Earth and the moon. And you watched and cause, and, oh, I God, watched it. Was, it yeah. <laughs> had a cool little lightning sword. Yeah, yeah his lightning sword and Nuclear the Mach, both of which were ripoffs from Star Wars. Everything was from Star Wars ripoff on that. Just oh, yeah. The barbarian version of yeah. So you got like a Wookiee-like guy walking around and some ah! Luke-looking type guy, a little more muscular. Yeah, it was like a cross between Luke and He-Man. It was. Yeah, with um, a lightning sword. And I'm wondering if people in college watched this and if they played games to it. If so, let us know at podcastofmaxsales.com because I certainly didn't watch that in the 80s. <laughs> Love getting great deals? Always on the lookout for that hidden gem? Check out OWC's monthly garage sale at www.maxsales.com 
forward slash shop forward slash bargains. And now going from uh, science into mad science, uh, we've got uh, Chickensaurus on the horizon. Um, paleontologist Jack Horner is going to try and reverse evolve a chicken. Um, this is basically a case of what we call atavisms, uh, which are rare cases of individuals born with characteristic features of their evolutionary antecedents. Or in English... Precursors. Yeah. It, it's, it's like the guy being born with the monkey tail. Horner's plan is basically to start creating experimental atavisms in the lab, and eventually you activate enough old genes and you wind up getting... The old uh, version of the creature. Basically, yeah. yeah. And so he's planning to take a single chicken and basically reverse evolve it into as close to a dinosaur as possible. He's going to start with uh, bringing back the tail, the hands, and the teeth or of the dinosaurs on a chicken. When does this start and where so I can be the farthest distance away? <laughs> no, I don't have a date on this, but I'm, I'm, I really do wonder what good can really come of this. I mean, two, word, two words, Jurassic Park. Well, that's why he's doing it on a chicken. Well, yeah. I mean, he's kind of funny about it, too. He's just like, Whoa. Well, you don't want to do it on an ostrich. Okay, you don't <laughs> do it on an ostrich because then you will die from do, the chicken ostrich or whatever, the ostrichsaurus. Well, a chickensaurus doesn't sound not so terrifying either. Those suckers can move fast. You ever try and catch a chicken? You see Rocky when he tried to catch the chicken where he had to eat lightning and, you know, what with thunder? So I I mean, yeah, can you imagine Rocky chasing a little tiny miniature dinosaur that can see. turn around and bite yes, him? Yes, this is what him. I don't get. That'd yeah, make him really vicious. You're talking hand-to-hand combat. Don't I have be d- stupid. I have done combat you can catch with chickens. A, you can catch a chicken pretty quick with a shotgun. Trust me. <laughs> you, go in to feed, you go in to feed chickens Feathers and you everywhere. feel sorry for them, and the next time you go in to feed them, you'll take in a Louisville slugger and you'll be murdering them because those little... <laughs> hurt, huh? <laughs> you want to beat them within inches of their lives. So, so of course, Grant, I think this is a Grant bad has, idea. Grant has chicken issues. I have chicken experience. We are missing the key point, <laughs> the actual real key question here. And don't get me started on the turkeys. What will it taste turkeys. like? What will it taste like? Does it taste like chick? I think it's going to be too lean. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It, it's not the new white meat. It's just. It's just wrong. It's just. It just. All right. God. Of course, animal activists would hate this because you're essentially deforming a chick. We're chicken playing over in God's over. domain. You're, 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 you're. Key point here, though. So when Ned there, there's a guy the with a tail. You, 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 we started off here with Monkey Boy, and I need to know about this. Where is this man that was? Yeah, sure, you, he's been in a circus somewhere. No, sir, you said something about that in in atavisms where you go with uh, characteristic features of their evolutionary antecedents. Right. So, there is someone that was actually born with. A no, there's there's cases of people being born with tails all the time. Yeah, it oh. can be a nub. Where? Or a no, I'm not talking nub. Most I'm talking of you know a tail that you can hang from a branch. You have from. a tail bone, right? Just imagine a tail at the end of it. Yeah, well, okay, the Weekly World News, is this like a legitimate, like, site? I mean, well, you know, this is not like know, a full I'm going to come up with, you know, Grant's oddities and make a million bucks uh, if, you know, we're Bobo the, the monkey The boy. real news is in the, in the, in the, <laughs> I mean, the tabloids, come on. I mean, you're, obviously you're not going to get, like, a full-on, you know, six-foot tail, you know, comparative to the person, but you're going to get, you know, a good, you know, foot-long tail out of it on somebody. I still want to see someone with a foot-long tail. I mean, I'll even take Grant, a six-inch tail. You go to but, freak shows. Anytime you want. <laughs> well, podcast people listeners. are born with tail nubs all the time. I'm sorry. Well, that's just an extension of the coccyx or whatever the heck that bone is called back there. That's your but... tailbone. Yeah, well, that's why it's called podcast listeners, if you have a tail, <laughs> <laughs> please send us a picture. No, don't send us a picture. <laughs> it's located okay, right near that send, area. Send nope. Grant a picture at podcast no, at maxsales.com. <laughs> they get a just inform us. They get a guest blog appearance. 
Oh, man. Well, no, okay, seriously. You want to offer like a free UDA or something? <laughs> you know, Chris, Chris doesn't have one. Show me your tail and I'll give you a USB UDA. <laughs> Wait a minute. Chris's tail? What? I need an adult. <laughs> oh, he is rather simian looking, so. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> You've been listening to OWC Radio, the official podcast of Otherworld Computing. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at maxsales.com and we'd be happy to share your comments and contributions on an upcoming episode. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to hearing from you.